Hello and welcome to the PDA Writing Podcast. Today I have a special guest with me. Hey everybody, I am Pamela, otherwise known as the Picky Bookworm. And my business centers around helping self-published and indie authors get more recognition for their books. Well, it's definitely going to be a pleasure to have you today. Um, Thank and you. I'm excited. <laughs> Me too. And today we are reading Nine Lives, a short story. We've been working on poetry, but today it's a short story. Um, and me and Pam will be reading scenes back and forth. So I hope you guys enjoy. Enjoy, guys. Nine Lives. The phone rang. What the hell? I rolled to the edge of the bed and looked at the clock. 4.30 a.m. I barely contained a groan as I gently tried to get myself out of bed as to not disturb my fiancé next to me. He hated his sleep being interrupted. The phone had stopped reading, but I knew it would start again in a moment. I knew it was work. I slipped on my slippers and stood up. As I left the bath bedroom, I heard the phone start ringing again. Sometimes I wish they would just leave a message. I finally made it to the kitchen and picked up the phone. Hello? My voice was barely a rasp. Natalia, dear. Claire was always annoyingly cheerful. Bossman just told me he isn't coming in today. I wasn't surprised. I know it's your day off, Natalia, dear, but I'm going to need you to come in. Now? I rubbed my face. No, thankfully, dear. Need to be here at 10. Okay. I hung up before she could say anything else. Claire walked over to me as I was leaving a table with plates in my hands. I know it is close to your break, but that man over there. She pointed to a booth that was on the edge of my section. He requested to be served by you. She touched my elbow gently, making my skin crawl. I'm sorry, but he is just one person. I don't think he'll be much trouble. Thanks for letting me know. I nodded to her and went to go deposit my plate at the busboy station. I wiped my hand, pulled out my notepad, and walked up to his booth. Couldn't help thinking again that he was one of the whitest men I have ever seen. He had been in my section for the past few days, and I still couldn't get over it. He somehow pulled it off. His black hair was slicked back, except for one piece that encroached on his forehead. His gray eyes always gave me pause. What can I get for you, sir? He was lean, almost effeminate. It was as if he was trying to be ambiguous about his gender, but failing at it in a rather attractive way. Ah, you don't know it by now. He winked and I continued staring at him. I tried to keep my expression blank, but the more I looked at him, the more I found myself wanting to look at him. White toast, bacon, and coffee. Yes, sir. I walked away and put his order into the kitchen. I grabbed a coffee pot and went to fill his cup with coffee. When I arrived back at the table, he had spread out papers from what looked like a blue folder and taken off his leather jacket, revealing a white t-shirt underneath. When is your break, sweets? He asked as I filled his coffee. I smiled and barely contained an eye roll. 10 minutes, I answered without realizing it. Bring a coffee pot with you and you can sit with me. He grinned and I felt heat rise to my face. I would love a second eye on what I'm doing. 
The coffee pot was getting heavy in my hand. My name is Tyler DeVoe. He smirked. Do you find your name funny? I asked. Maybe just a little. This man was flirting with me. I couldn't believe it, yet some part of me was flattered. You better not try anything, I said. I have a fiancé. I wouldn't dare. All I'm asking is for a second pair of eyes and the company of a beautiful woman. I couldn't help myself. I felt heat rise to my cheeks. You're a charmer, Mr. DeVoe. He smiled even more. That man would not stop. Please, call me Tyler. If he were a cat, I would accuse him of purring. Tyler? I bobbed my head, and I could feel his eyes on me as I walked away. What was I doing encouraging that man? I couldn't seem to help myself. Just because he is more attractive than my fiance, it's an excuse to fawn over him. I shouldn't even allow myself the option of spending my break with him. If I couldn't trust myself around him flirting, I most definitely couldn't trust myself with anything more to do with him. Those pages, though, they looked interesting. No, I told my curiosity, getting a look at those pages wouldn't be worth the price. I needed to think of Greg and our upcoming wedding. It was only a month away. We had looked at houses this weekend. We thought maybe we found the right house. It was blue. The blue folder surfaces into my mind. It had a seal on the bottom right-hand corner. I couldn't tell what it was from where I had been standing, but maybe if I just humor him one time, I can see what that seal is and what he's working on. No, I can't. I sat down at a booth as far away from Tyler DeVoe as possible. I opened the book I had brought with me, but before I could read a word, a piece of paper was thrust under my nose. I looked up to find Tyler DeVoe standing there with his blue folder tucked under his left arm. His right arm held the paper. Read, he commented, then I'll explain. He let go of the paper, forcing me to grab it before it fell to the floor. I sighed internally, knowing I would get fired if I hit a customer. Charlie Andrews, 19, brown hair, brown eyes, 5'8", lives with parents. Who is Charlie Andrews, I asked. Just read. Charlie Andrews was about to find himself in an unfortunate situation. It seemed to be Tyler's job to make sure this didn't happen. How? How is all this information known? I leaned forward. We have our ways, he smirked. Who is we, Mr. Tyler? We do not have a name. We are everywhere and everyone. We know the future and the past. He passed me the blue folder. The symbol in the corner was the face of a cat in a circle. There was also a cross over the right eye of the cat with a vertical line touching the edges of the circle. I counted nine whiskers on the cat. I looked up, and I noticed the symbol on the lapel of his leather jacket. Show me. I tried not to plead. But I don't think it worked. I had lost all regard or care. I was too curious, and he was too attractive for me to care about the consequences. At this moment, I thought I was taking a calculated risk. My break is over. I get off at six. I sprang from the table knowing I was already five minutes late. You know, I've told you my name, but you technically never told me yours. I jumped out of my skin as he walked up next to me in the cold darkness after my shift. 
Tyler, you nearly gave me a heart attack. I looked him up and down. I didn't think you would be here. You told me to show you, and you still haven't said your name. It's Natalia. I will show you if you follow me. I paused before nodding. He led us out of the parking lot. What, no car? I wondered. The or this organization likes its workers to be discreet. They shouldn't pass notice. Cars are loud and clunky and not very discreet, as I am so often told. I told them to get some of the newer ones, but do they listen? No. He spat out. He must have realized he sounded like a child, for he said, I'm sorry, I don't mean to complain. A walking person is less car, especially in a city full of walkers. If we really need a car, we take the bus. So discretion is a key word when it comes to the workers of this organization, I asked. Yes, there are several things we do not to pass notice. Besides cars, name one thing, I challenged. Androgyny. But what does that have to do with anything, I asked. It's part of blending in. If people can't tell what gender you are, they tend to dismiss you, he explained. What if you get a super masculine dude? What happens then? There is a process we all go through to become more androgynous. For some people, it takes more effort. Others, not so much. I wanted to know more about this process. I wanted to see what it felt like to blend the edges of my gender. I wondered what I would look like. I shook my head. What? He asked. They failed with you, is all. He was staying at the Royal Hotel. His room was impeccably neat. Look over here. He pointed to a large white paper that was pinned to a bulletin board. It's the entire life history and future of Charlie Andrews. But how do you know? I walked up to the board. My fingers traced the lines of Charlie's life. We have our ways. I turned and found him right behind me. He was too close. He seemed to be getting closer. His lips touched mine. I couldn't help myself. I kissed him back. When I came back to my senses, I ran from the room. I was almost nervous as I made my way home, but I knew what to expect. It was always the same. I walked into my apartment I shared with Greg. The TV was blaring as usual. I listened to see if I could figure out what he was watching. It was normally something on the History Channel. Ah, Mysteries and the Museum, his favorite. I hung up my coat and walked into the kitchen. I pulled out a beer and walked back. Hey, can you give me a beer, please? I held out the beer I had grabbed in front of him. You're the best. Of course. I sat down on the couch. How was your day? It was great, honey bunny. I hated that childhood nickname. Guess what James did today? Probably something stupid like he always does. What did he do, Greg? He didn't hear the sigh in my voice. He started off. I blocked him out. It was always the same story. He had the same exact day every single day. I don't know how he doesn't go insane. I would. As I sat there, I felt like I was being constricted. Like, fit right. My chest felt heavy. I felt like the only way to relieve the pressure was to run, was to am and change into someone else. I closed my eyes and Tyler's face appeared. 
I felt my skin shifting back into a comfortable place. I felt my body unwinding. I cursed myself, knowing I was going down a dangerous path. A few days later, I was sitting in his hotel, sitting on his hotel bed with one leg dangling downward. The Nine Lives Organization. You told me it didn't have a name. I lied. Girls love a bit of mystery. He was at the desk, his black hair slicked back as usual and small rectangular reading glasses perched on the edge of, end of his long nose. Good thing I'm a woman then. The late afternoon light filtering through the curtains gave the room a golden glow. He took off his reading glasses and turned. Would a woman have lied to her future husband? I shrugged. Maybe a woman gets to do what she wants. Like kissing a man the first night you meet? I felt like smacking that smug look off his face even if the afternoon glow made his face more likable. One, we said we would never speak of it again. Two, you look better when your mouth isn't moving. I waved a hand at him. So stop talking. You came here to ask more questions. It would be impossible for me to not move my mouth to answer them. He placed his glasses back on his nose and turned back. Unfortunately, I guess you'll just have to remain average looking, I told him. He shifted in his seat, and the light illuminated his form-fitting white t-shirt. The white fabric clung to his muscular back, and I found myself staring, wanting to touch his shoulders. I wondered how my hands would feel running over his shoulders and down his back. You haven't asked any questions, he commented, and the spell was broken. Maybe I just wanted to find you attractive for once. How does it all work? I was back for a fifth time a week later. My right hand held my head as I laid on my at him. He was laying close to me on his back. We weren't touching, but I found myself wanting to. I had to remind myself that this wasn't Greg. We have specific people who look into what is going to happen. They tell the big bosses. The big bosses tell two sets of people, the people who gather more information about the people involved and the people who give the assignments to I am just an agent. There are recruiters as well, but they are few and far in between. I think there are five in the entire country. But what is, is its mission? What is its goal? Why does it exist? I poked his thigh over his jeans with an uncovered toe. Why should I answer all three? Your questions are what keeps you coming back. And as I enjoy the company of beautiful women, maybe I'll come back anyways. After all, in the past week, I've been here three times, or was it four times? I hooked my foot under his knee and brought his leg closer to me. Why do you keep coming back? He turned his head to look at me. I knew he wanted me to tell him it was because of him, but I couldn't. I don't know, but I can't seem to stay away. I turned to lay on my back. I kept my leg entwined with his. Greg sat at our yellow kitchen table, twirling a cork coaster between his fingers when I returned home. Where have you been? He didn't look at me. He just twirled the coaster. His shoulders were tense. Out. I went to the fridge. I hadn't eaten yet today. I hear the Royal Hotel is nice. He slapped the coaster down on the table. The sound made me jump. Following me now. I had lost sight of what was in the fridge. Who are you sleeping with? While he was jumping to conclusions, I slammed the fridge shut. 
I haven't been sleeping with anyone, I almost shouted. What's his name? I demanded. Who says it's a he or just one person? I snarled. You slut. His words made my skin feel like it was burning. Think what you wish. I forced out and headed out the kitchen to the door. Where are you going? Out. I grabbed my coat. Where? He shouted after me. To do what you accused me of. I slammed the door. Tyler had given me a key a few days before, so I didn't bother knocking and walked in. His shirt was off and he went to put it back on. No, keep it off. I placed my hands on his chest and kissed him. Take your clothes off. I want you. He eagerly obeyed. I looked him up and down and saw that his cockiness was well-founded. I went to run my fingers through his hair, but he grabbed my hands and pushed me up against the wall, taking control. It was late in the morning the next day. The sheets, what were left of them, were soft under my bare skin. My head was on his lower stomach and he was playing with my hair. Are you going to tell me what happened? He asked. No, and since when do we share things about ourselves? His fingers paused. Since we started sleeping together. It was more of a question than a statement. Who says it isn't a one-time thing? The fact that it was how many? Five and 12 hours? Fine, it was a one night thing. I heard him sigh and as he continued playing with my hair. What do you want? To know more about the organization. Get dressed and come with me. It's time I show you. Tyler couldn't keep his hands off me as we were getting ready. He was constantly touching and kissing. He stopped in the middle of putting on his shirt just to kiss me again. He walked around with one shoe on for a moment because he wanted to touch my face. He was almost like a little boy. I didn't feel any of his touches. My mind would not get off the fact that I just cheated on my fiance, that I betrayed his trust. My hands failed at pulling my shirt over my head. It took three tries. My fingers fumbled with my shoelaces, often tying them into knots. His pure happiness wasn't catching. I didn't even really want to be in the same room with him anymore. I had crossed an impossible line and there wasn't any way I could redraw it. The regional headquarters was an hour away in the middle of West Alice in Milwaukee. It had the look of a house or what I was soon to find out, several houses. The entire block of houses is headquarters. He led me to the house with the number 1952 and walked straight in without even knocking. There's a front desk, which Tyler walked right up to. Hey, Leo, is Alex in? Tyler was teeming with more energy than I had ever seen him with. Yeah, Ty, he's out back. He decided to try and barbecue. Leo snorted. Don't worry, we have the fire department on standby. Leo jerked their head back. Tyler grabbed my hand and led us into a surprisingly normal-looking backyard. Hey, Alex, Tyler called out. A man, well, I assume, I couldn't actually tell at least from this distance, with flaming, cannot-be-natural orange hair, was standing at a grill and waved us over. I thought you guys were supposed to be subtle. Alex couldn't be subtle if he tried, and he isn't supposed to. Alex is a recruiter. He's supposed to be memorable. People often scoff when they first come to recruit them, so he makes sure that he can be found easily when they change their mind. As we got closer, I saw that Alex's skin tone was several shades darker than my own bronze skin with russet red undertones. 
His orange hair was a wide strip on the top of his head, and his eyes were startlingly pale gray. He was even more confusing closer up. His face was a very masculine one, the square jaw, sharp features, and a nice five o'clock shadow. His body, though muscular, was soft and had slight curves to it. Who did you bring for me? He stared at me expectantly. I am, uh, Natalia? Hi, um, Natalia. He grabbed my hand and took it. Took it. It's just Natalia. No um in there. Well, why didn't you just say so? He seems to be sincere. Alex, Tyler interrupted. Yes, Ty. His eyes slowly moved from my face to Tyler's. I'm sure Natalia would like to take a tour. She is, after all, interested in this organization. Ah, yes. We'll bring her into the passages. He strode off back towards the house. He led us through a side door that went down into a basement. The basement looked like any other except for a double metal swinging door. Alex stopped in front of these and turned to us. Welcome to the passages. He kicked the doors open with his foot before turning around. The passages were long cement hallways with flickering incandescent lights. The main part of the headquarters is underground. There is where we train our new recruits, hold our meetings, and do whatever type of work needs to be done. So, Alex, Tyler here hasn't fully explained what the organization does. Can you explain to me? The Nine Lives organization uses prophecies to navigate the smoothest and surest path through time. Prophecies? But there's no such thing. Though, well, it would make sense. Well, you are wrong. When an event happens, it sends ripples back in time. Certain people are attuned to feel and read these waves. I am not one of them. I do, however, know which people I find have the aptitude for that. He stopped and looked me up and down. You are also not one of these people. He continued forward. I'll take you to the prophecy room. Whatever I expected, it was not this. It was a large 1970s-style office with each desk and typewriter occupied with a person staring off into the distance. They were mostly frozen except for a few who typed. Looks like it's a slow day. As these waves come in, they type up what they see. Computers are distracting, and the tavern, it's too slow. Come. He led us to a different set of doors into another long, concrete hallway. He took a sharp right and brought us to what looked like the living room of a college student. There were mismatched, though it looked really comfortable, furniture everywhere. There were fridges and snack shelves that looked like they hadn't been organized in years. The collection of coffee and end tables were cluttered with wrappers and old dishes. The only thing that was neat in the room was a bulletin board with a shelving unit filled with files below. Pardon the mess. We lost our maid. Alex commented before, before saying, the board is where the assignments are posted and there is a corresponding file on the shelf. Everyone associated with the organization lives in the houses above. Agents don't truly live here. 90% of the time they are off on assignment and in hotels. They come in here in between assignments. He paused and seemed to lose himself with thought. Ah, here is something you might find interesting. There are two types of agents. The first are agents who will forever be agents. Tyler is one of those. The second agents are people who have the potential to maybe one day run this place and are able to move through the ranks. I was once a second level agent. Why might I find that interesting? He stared at me for a good 30 seconds before his eyes flicked away. Come along, that's all I can show you for today. I found myself back at my house that evening. I needed something familiar, even if it came with a jealous fiance. When I walked in, he was sitting in his armchair. 
I'm sorry, I said as I hung my coat on the rack. I didn't look at him. Where did you go? I heard his chair as he shifted. To do what you accused me of, and I am so very sorry. I could tell the TV was flickering silently in the background. Was it worth it? His voice was strained as if he was trying not to cry. It was fantastic sex, if that's what you're asking. If you mean worth the risk of losing you, no. I sat myself down on the couch. I glanced at Greg. He was a disaster. His hair was in disarray. He was in the same shirt from the night before, and it had food stains all down the front. He also looked like he hadn't slept. He was sporting more than his usual five o'clock shadow. There were four beer bottles on the floor, and he clutched. I shouldn't have pushed you to do it. I don't think I'll forgive you for actually cheating on me, but I shouldn't have pushed you. He placed his hand in his head. Placed his head in his hands. It's not your fault. The man that it happened with, I would have with him no matter what. It was a matter of time. I'm sorry. I wanted to reach out to him, but I couldn't make my arm move. Don't you love me? Yes, but I don't know in what way anymore. Then how? I don't know. I truly don't know. I rubbed my hands together. I need your help. That is, if you still want to talk to me. Tell me. And so I did. I told him all about Tyler DeVoe and Nine Lives. He deserved honesty. Do you want to join this organization? I don't know. I don't know if it's me. Are you sure? The you I know wouldn't hesitate at the chance of adventure. You always said marrying me was an adventure, but I know you got bored. You wouldn't get bored there. But what if I never see you again? No matter what, I still cared for him. Don't make this decision with regards to me. I won't stand in your way. I never could. If I do go, when I come back, will there be something to come back to? I would understand if you said no. But do you want to come back? I know getting engaged to me wasn't your first choice. It was, no, Natalia. I know your family pressured you into it because they wanted you to settle down. How do you know that? You talk loudly on the phone. Answer me, though. I don't know. I always loved Tyler's hotel room in the late afternoon sunlight, even when he was yelling at me. I can't believe you went back to headquarters without me. I am the only, I am the one who showed you them. His face became blotchy when he was angry. Tyler, you have to understand, this was something that I had to do on my own. It was my decision. I sat on the edge of the bed as he strode around the room. You wouldn't have this decision if it wasn't for me. You would still be a waitress at that damned cafe. And I thank you for that, but it doesn't change the fact that it was only my decision to make. Think, Tyler, with me in the organization, you'll see me more often. Fine, when do you report? Tomorrow. Good luck. You'll need it. Claire was looking rather bored as she stood waiting for people to come into the cafe. Is Bothman in? I asked her. No, he called in sick today, like always. Well, let him know I quit. That shook her out of her boredom. Wait, what? Why? I found myself a better job than this stupid cafe. But what about me? Of course it was about her. Claire, sweetheart, I've never liked you. It was barely light at six in the morning. The bag I slung over my shoulder was heavy. I might have packed too much last night after I quit. Greg ignored me. He does that when he's deciding. 
I stood on the street for a moment, taking in the house numbered 1952. It seemed so normal. I took a deep breath and walked towards the house. When you train, Alex was leading me through the tunnels, you will be given several tests, emotional, physical, psychological, and others. You will take these tests first, then train in them, and then take them again. These tests will determine which type of agent you will end up. You will also go, go through some physical changes to make you more androgynous. Training was hard. During the first round of tests, I was asked questions I didn't know the answer to. I was told to do impossible things with my body. The psychological tests may be certain I was insane. I was pushed to the breaking point of emotion. That was only the first two days. Once the tests were done, I was given two days to recover. I spent those reading and trying to regain my sanity. The first day they started training me, they sent me to a nutritionist. I was to change my diet. It would help, they said, during training. I was that. He poked and prodded for about an hour before giving me some testosterone injections I was supposed to take regularly. He said it would help with my muscle growth and my androgyny. I was assigned to a therapist. Her name was Ingrid. I liked her. She made me feel grounded. She was there for when I needed her and for regular sessions. I guess they wanted to keep my mental health up. I then met my trainers and my teachers. I was told I would exercise in the morning and then take classes in the afternoon. I was to, to be taught all about the organization and then anything else they deemed I needed to know. The evenings, I had to myself. They thankfully encouraged reading. About four weeks into my training, I had a breast reduction done. I wasn't allowed to tasking movement for a while. By then, I needed a break. They instead started me on, started me on learning languages. I found I was rather good at it. The second time I took the test, I didn't feel like I was drowning. What's the organization's model? Walk the surest path through time. What does the organization do? It uses prophecies to illuminate what will happen in the future. Then, if the future is too chaotic, it'll intervene and change events in a way to control that chaos. It might make sure a certain riot happens to keep worse things from happening. It might save a person from death because they have a future cure for cancer. It might let a person die so they don't become a dictator or a mass murderer. When was it founded? There's no start date for this organization. It is almost as old as civilization itself. Is it always successful? No. Examples. World War I was supposed to curb World War II, but instead made it worse. The enslavement and transport of Africans to the Americas was never supposed to happen. An agent slept in and missed their boat. How good are we? We are only as good as our agents, and since agents are human, we only work about 75% of the time. But when we mess up, it always has huge consequences. What have we done successfully? We kept the Cold War cold. We fired the first shot to get the Civil War started. We gave the IRS Al Capone's tax records. We helped the Haitian Revolution. We helped discover penicillin. And we helped invent indoor plumbing. What is the structure of the organization? First, there is main, the main headquarters in Nigeria. This is overseen by the head of the organization. There are a few select prophecies received there. They are our most powerful and are able to predict major world events. The next level down is the continent heads. There's one even in Antarctica. They oversee the happenings on their continent and report to the head. They have continent-specific prophecies receivers um, in their headquarters. Our continent headquarters are in Miami. 
The next level of that, our country headquarters. Our country headquarters are in Denver. The last level, our regional headquarters. The way each headquarters works is this. First, you have the prophecies receivers. Once they have a prophecy, it is given to the person who runs the headquarters. The head then gives the information to the data collectors to find out all they can about the prophecy and to the assignment task force. Those assignments and data are then given to the agents. There are two levels of agents. One, once a second level agent gets a promotion, they shift sideways into the training and recruiting program. They start off as recruiters, then will go into teaching or trainers. Then they will get moved sideways again to be a data collector or part of the assignment task force, then get shifted sideways again to be a tester. Most will remain testers until they leave or die. Some will be promoted to head and make their way up to the org headquarters in Nigeria, going through the same process each time. Some who get recruited into the org organization are simply to fill roles of doctors, therapists, and other expertise jobs. They do not go through an organization training. Well done, you have passed. Six months went by between tests. I didn't see anyone besides the people who were training me and my therapist. My room, when I had unpacked that first night, I found the court coaster Greg had been twirling around his finger. He had me on it. I kept it next to my bed, and Greg was my first call when I got out. He told me to meet him at a park bench. Can I come home? I asked after a moment. Do you even want to? You've been gone for six months. I don't know. Don't. Don't come home. I can't. He stood up and walked away. The Charlie's Andrews case had been finished while I was training. Tyler had successfully prevented Charlie from having a fatal accident. The next case, however, was his next case, however, was still in the area. And so to his hotel room, I went. What do you mean you are a level two agent? His face was blotchy again. And what did they do to your hair? Yes, I have been assigned as a level two agent. They cut it, Tyler. What do you think? But we're supposed to be together. I'm still going to be an agent. You don't understand. Level two agents get the best assignments. They'll be gone all the time. There's nothing I can do about that, Tyler. You weren't supposed to be higher than me. You're supposed to be a level one agent like me. Go in and tell them you want to be a level one agent. Tell them you want to be with me. No, tell them. No, Tyler, I won't. I lost my fiance over you and this fucking organization. The best I can do, the least I can do is the best I can. Don't you want to be with me? Don't you want to see if we can make this work? Make what work, Tyler? We're nothing. Friends, maybe. Fucked up friends at that, but nothing else. Then get out. What? Get the fuck out. It was raining the freezing rain that made the sidewalks split. A week after Tyler, they gave me the go-ahead on my first case. I was to make sure a protest happened and then didn't and didn't get broken up until it got on the internet. It was in town, so I was able to stay at headquarters. There had been a notice the day before that Tyler would no longer be a part of the organization. Alex had pulled me aside after that went up and told me that Tyler tried to hire ups to change my agent status and then punched them when they refused. We knew it was going to happen. This is what they always said without truly giving any answers. I'm gonna uh, stop and change recordings real quick. All right. I got, I hope you guys enjoyed that reading. Also, very glad that uh, we split it up because I forgot how long that story was. 
Um, a healthy you. 24 pages. But for, tell me, what did you think about it, ma'am? I liked it, actually. What do I mean? They needed to give her more answers than that. That was just not even okay. I mean, I have thought about making like this concept with nine lives into like a short story collection at some point in time, just because there's so much more I can do for it. But like with that opening story, book. This would be like a good series. It could be, but I kind of like the like the little snippets type of thing with this to where you get some answers, but you still don't get like all of them at the same time. And I kind of like that aspect of it. So Kindle Vela would be good for that then. If you wanted to do like the short stories, like snippets at a time. Fair. That, that could work. Um, but uh, uh, I, I actually, I wrote this story. That would give some background um, to what was going on when I was writing things. Um, I wrote this story because it was my creative writing minor when I was getting it. It was like, like that capstone class, that one like big class that you have to do. Um, but like I was talking about like, my professor was talking a lot about revisions and everything and making sure you do it. And I don't think I realized how much the power of revisions helped things until I got that story. Because I was able to take a vibe, just like a mood setting. Because that end scene where she's standing in like the pouring, freezing rain, that was the first thing I had in my head with this. And I was able to take that and create an entire story around it. So that was, oh, my sister's vacuuming. I hope you can't hear that. Um, can't, can't hear it. At least I can't. Good. Good to know. Um, she closed my door. So I was wondering why it's like, I keep my door slightly open because my cat likes to come in and like, you know, yell at me from time to time when I'm doing things like this. Yeah, I, yeah, I always have to close my bedroom door like completely or the cats will be in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Um, my cat tends to make more noise if I don't leave my door open because they'll start scratching at the door than if I just leave the door open. But anyways, <laughs> sidetrack. <laughs> so yeah, I really liked it. I, I um, do mean, I, I seriously think that it would be a really good Kindle Vela, um, like episodic type stories. I, I, I would have to, I, that definitely be something I would have to like look into more and like figure out what I would do for the other ones because I've had, I've been sitting on the store for probably over five years. Um, it's obviously on my website, um, but I apparently also need to edit it more. I've noticed things and I was reading one of the reasons why I read things out loud um but uh, uh that'd be really cool um because i wasn't thinking of i was just sticking with natalia doing other people in there like probably you get to know uh alex a little bit more because i like alex um but uh i have heard i'm glad you enjoy the story but i have heard that none of the characters in here are actually likable and i'm actually kind of okay with that but i wanted to know what you thought about that um I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that they're not likable. It's, they kind of create almost an ambivalent feeling where it's, you just don't really care either way. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily want them to die, but you don't necessarily want them to succeed either. So I, I wouldn't necessarily call them like dislikable. Um, and I wouldn't necessarily call them forgettable. 
Um, I did like Natalia's character. I thought she was a, I thought she was a good character. And I think that um, joining the, joining nine lives was a good choice. Um, She had been, you know, earlier in the story, she had been talking about, you know, wondering to, you know, what it would feel like to be more androgynous. Um, And then, you know, making that decision to join nine lives and actually reaching that point um, I, you know, I liked that about her. I thought that that was a good choice. I don't think she should have cheated on her fiance. Um, but I never condoned cheating in any either. So, you know, that's just one of those things, but. I mean, yeah, she definitely shouldn't have, uh, cheated on her fiance, but I think one of the things, cause yeah, there's that kind of ambivalence towards the characters, but. I have I have a notice when I'm sometimes writing my stories that I have a habit of making like Mary Sue's like the the basic characters uh where like they're likable and everything but they're kind of boring and so being able to even if they're ambivalent or even sometimes considered unlikable they're not necessarily boring um so that was like one of like the achievements here is actually having like definable characters in here rather than just like the same one over and over like I have sometimes have a habit of doing yeah um but I know like you're mentioning like the whole like uh androgyny and blend, uh, gender blending thing that definitely obviously definitely comes with the whole me being non-binary thing I, I don't I think I forget how many stories that I put something like that in there to where it's you have the nine line organization who wants androgyny I have other things where it's just, I don't know, I lost the, the train, um, but it happens <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Welcome to ADD Brain, everybody. Um, yes. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, I, um, you know, I, I notice that the better stories that I've read, especially in the indie um, and self-published community, the the stories that I would like and the stories that I relate to the most are the ones where I can tell the author has inserted a little bit of themselves and a little bit of their soul into the stories. And, you know, I think that's probably why I didn't particularly find Natalia as distasteful as maybe some other people did. Um, because I know you and I like you and I could that you had kind of inserted a little bit of yourself and a little bit of your soul in the story and so I you know it was like if I had said that I didn't like her then I would have been almost saying I didn't like you Um, if that makes makes sense like I you know I I like and I I don't know if Gabe has ever told you this but I call you Pada um because i don't actually know your real name and your uh twitter handle is pda writing and so i just i call you pada and so gabe and i were talking one day and i had called you pada and he was like what (laughs) (laughs) i was like pda writing pada it's you know and my um husband uh kind of chuckles at the same time when I call you Pada and I'm like well I don't know their real name so they're Pada um 
but it's a nice nickname. So don't tell me what your real name is because you're going to be Pada to, to me till the day you die. So it's <laughs> perfectly fine with me. Um, <laughs> as I expressed before, especially in the podcast, I actually read a poem last week that was dealing with my name. It's a unique name and it's like one that's easily discoverable. So I generally go with nicknames when I'm for my online personas. Um, but yeah, I love Pada. Perfectly fine. <laughs> Pada, there you go. Um, I feel like I should have questions or something, uh, but I don't. But it's it um, totally fine. Um, I I will say that because um, you earlier in the show, please um, let people know where they can find me. Um, I am at my website is thepickybookworm.com. That is P I C K Y B O O K W O R M dot com. Um, and you can find me on Twitter at Piggy Bookworm. I think that's pretty much it. I'm not on a whole lot of social media. I, I like to do most of um, most of my stuff through my website. I uh, I understand that I actually do most of my stuff right now on Twitter. Um, But uh, I also know that if you also wanted to, I know you and Gabe have a podcast and I think you have another one too, if you wanted to plug those as well, you're welcome to. I do. I have my own podcast, uh, which is the Piggy Book Worm. And um, what that podcast centers around is indie books, indie and self-published books, obviously. Um, I hope that's obvious. Um, Once a week, I interview authors um, and then once a month, uh, three friends of mine and I get together, read an indie book and do a book chat. Um, so that is the picky bookworm. You can find it on just about all of the, um, podcast directories. I do encourage people, please do not use Spotify. Um, I know that anchor, uh, the app that I use to record is Spotify based, but I do try to encourage people, please don't use Spotify. Um, I, I've had a problem with it ever since uh, the Joe Rogan fiasco. Don't really want to get into that here, but you can research it. Um, and so I try to encourage people, please use um, either Good Pods, Google Podcasts, um, or Apple. Um, and then Gabe do a podcast an alias fan cast so we watch um, an episode of the tv show alias once a week and then we talk about it for like an hour and a half <laughs> it's a lot of fun we we laugh um and joke through pretty much the entire episode um and that is podcast 47 at the moment that one is available only on spotify um because of the that gate decided to use uh, for the episode is only available on spotify so free to listen to that we're totally awesome um with that we would love for you to come listen and hang out other than that i yeah i'm not a whole lot of places just my website and i hang out on twitter a lot probably Mm -hmm. more um which obviously people who listen to this please go check out their stuff there um she's amazing um, I also talked to Gabe, so I'm pretty sure the conversations between um, her and Gabe are going to be absolutely hysterical. I have yet to listen to myself. I don't watch Alias, so um, I might just randomly pick up one just to listen to you guys, because I was actually talking to Gabe last night. Um, 
And he was talking about how random you guys are during your podcast and how yeah. <laughs> um, just so random things happen. We have a lot, there's, there's a lot of laughs um, in the episode. So even if you've never seen Alias, come for the laughs. Come to just listen to us cracking ourselves up over random shit. I mean, yeah. Awesome. Um, I'll, I will probably check it out um, when I remember and you know me with, and you know ADHD, that's going to be, you know, probably a month ago. I was like, oh, hey, I need to check that out. And it's going to be another month before I actually do it. <laughs> it is a ADHD is a thing. Let me tell you, um, medication is an absolute godsend. I I will just yeah, I'm gonna put that out there. Um, I don't I, I I would probably be insane right now if it weren't for that. Um, but anyway, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. This was an absolute blast. Well, of course. Uh, I I was glad to have you here. Do you have any more comments about anything you would like to uh, say for? reading nine lives um i think that you should write more stories and put them on kindle dollar i um i definitely will i'll i'll look into doing that again also i love the way you were reading it by the way it was i loved all your tones and inflections the first scene where we meet uh tyler uh i was trying not to laugh out loud because of how you were reading it um i made him sound more feminine it said his body was like effeminate, so I'm like, okay, well, he needs to sound effeminate then, so we'll make him sound a little bit effeminate. I'm, t- you know, yeah, why not? I, I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, thank you. Thank you for helping me read that. Um, I will definitely, eventually. Of course, you probably be the one of the first ones to know if I actually decide to um, do the things. So yes, absolutely. And if you need me to come back and help you read some more long stories, let me know. Will do. That is my longest so far. So, um, because I literally spent an entire semester working on it. Um, so also I got through college, six years of college without ADHD medication or knowing I had ADHD. I'm very proud of myself for doing that. Not the point though. Um, but I'm hoping you all enjoy the episode today. I obviously, as always, I am on Twitter at, at PDA writing. You can go to my website, which is pdawriting.com. Um, obviously, please listen on whatever platform you have. I still have to get Apple Podcasts. There was a weird issue with that. I have to get an Apple ID. Anyways, um, well, wherever you want to listen to uh, besides Apple, please listen to the podcast. Uh, like, subscribe, or whatever you do with podcasts on whatever the thing. Follow. I never know. I just throw in a bunch of terms. Um, I want to say. Listen, it's like seriously the easiest way to support the podcast is to listen and share with your friends. Yes. Word of mouth is the best. Um, and I'll probably get back to poetry next week as we read a story. I'll probably do some more poetry before going on to reading another one of my um, serials that I have posted on my website. I think Pam, the picky bookworm again. Yes, please go check out her um, stuff for helping me read this and joining me today. And sure. I hope you guys all have a good day. Thanks. Bye, guys.